Okay, yeah. Well, this is strange. <laughs> it is a huge privilege to be sharing with you in person this evening um, and obviously through the uh, live stream. If you haven't seen be me before, my name is Morag and I'm part of the Kingdom Vineyard family. Can I just say what a stunning building this is? I just, I can't get over it. Um, I was just thinking about it, you know, uh, we come from a kind of part of the church that doesn't really, we don't really do buildings. We're not really that into them, you know. Um, they're a, a means to an end, if you like. But this place is built by people who offered it as their worship. You know, their craftsmanship, their, their money, their whatever it was, they offered it as their worship. So we are just continuing in that tradition, if you like, um, and just really appreciating being able to be here. And thanks to the Holy Trinity gang that have made this possible. We are so grateful. Thank you. And if you'll just indulge me a wee minute, I'm just going to speak to my mum and dad. Hopefully they'll be watching on the, on the live stream. I can't believe it. I'm preaching in the Church of Scotland. And John Knox preached here. <gasps> Although I'm not sure what he would think of me preaching here as a woman. You know, that, that monstrous regiment and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, let's get on with what we're meant to be talking about. This evening, we're continuing our summer sermon series, don't say that too quick, about being God's family. We had uh, the lovely Lucy sharing about us being God's family who want to get to know him better by spending time in his word on our own and together. And the stunning shins who gave us a lively tag team sermon about being God's family who share our faith by being spiritual friends and inviting others into friendship with Jesus. And tonight, I'm going to be speaking on one of my absolute favourite topics. Sorry folks, you better settle in, it could be a long night. We are God's family who want to bring his kingdom. So what I want to do is take us through three sections outlining what do we mean when we say the kingdom? What does the kingdom look like? How will we recognise it? And how can we bring the kingdom? So, what do we mean when we talk about the kingdom? In a nutshell, we mean the rule and reign of King Jesus. This is a concept that for me has changed from when I first became a Christian. My understanding originally was that the kingdom was something that we were waiting for, that would come when Jesus comes back. And our responsibility was to make sure that we believed that Jesus died for our sins so that we could get into heaven when we died and to persuade as many people as possible to come with us. This is a mindset that puts people firmly into two sets, who's in and who's out. It also leads to a very separatist attitude. I often heard about being in the world but not of the world as a kind of reason that was given, a justification to keep away from anything that could 
possibly contaminate and scupper my chances of making it into heaven. The problem with that is, it doesn't look like the Jesus we read about in the Bible. He consorted with sinners on a regular basis. The start of the change for me was a comment from my mum, which I'm sure she probably doesn't even remember, but it had a profound effect on me. She said, Mo, what if we have to make heaven now? And it did strike me that it can't just all be about hanging on by your fingernails and waiting for death or for Jesus to come back. It wasn't until I came across the vineyard that I heard people talk about a kingdom that was here and now, as well as coming in the future. I think I've heard Jesse describe it as pie in the sky when you die and steak on your plate while you wait. Or the former theological term would be enacted, inaugurated eschatology. Don't worry about the terms, I just like to say that. <laughs> we live in the in-between times. When Jesus has come and brought the kingdom now, but it is still yet to fully come. The now and the not yet. And if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to a previous talk from me on the Kingdom of God, still available on the website. I told you it was my favourite topic. The point is, we can experience the rule and reign of Jesus now. The Kingdom is here, but the enemy is still active, so we don't experience this rule consistently all the time yet. A vineyard theologian, Derek Morphew, notes that Jesus' teaching describes the kingdom in four ways. The kingdom will come. The kingdom has come. The kingdom is coming immediately. And the kingdom will be delayed. It is a great Bible study to do, to look for the times when Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like, or the kingdom of God is like. It's a line that Jesus often uses in his stories and parables. So what does the kingdom look like? I've described the kingdom as the rule and reign of Jesus. And he lays out his kingdom manifesto, if you like, in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 21. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus quotes here Isaiah 61, which prophesies the year of the Lord's favour. That is, the world as God intends it to be. And Jesus said, 
He has fulfilled it now in Nazareth as he speaks. The kingdom, his reign has started and it looks like good news for the poor, healing and freedom. John the Baptist asks for confirmation that Jesus is indeed the king that he was expecting. And this is Luke chapter 7, verses 20 to 23. When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. John's, Jesus' answer to John is, does this look like the kingdom you were expecting? Yes, this pretty much looks like the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. This is what Jesus' earthly mission looked like. It's what we read about in the Gospels. And he gives his authority to his disciples to go and do the same. And they do. And you can read about that in Luke chapters 9 and 10. They preach that the kingdom of God is near and demonstrate it by healing the sick and casting out evil spirits. The thing about being a disciple is that you spend time with your rabbi. You get what he teaches and then you do what he does. Jesus passes his mission on to his disciples, then commissions them to go and make disciples. His mission is meant to pass from generation to generation of disciples, and it has. It has now passed to us, God's family, here at Kingdom Vineyard. We are God's family who want to carry on the mission of Jesus. We want to bring the kingdom. I want to do just as my mum suggested and make heaven here. So what does that look like? How do we bring the kingdom? Where do I start? <laughs> this is where I can get a bit carried away. So to focus my attention, I'm going to try and stick to just three areas. Compassion and its closely linked cousin, Justice and spirit activities. If you do that Bible study I mentioned earlier, you may come across the parable of the sheep and the goats in Matthew chapter 25. After separating the two sets apart, this is what the king says to the sheep in verses 34 to 40. Come, you who are blessed by my father, Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? 
When did we see you a stranger invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. We don't need a theology. It doesn't take grand gestures or huge donations to charity. Although if you want to do that, just go for it. The small acts of kindness are noticed and appreciated by God. And it's a way in which we bring the kingdom. We proclaim with every act of kindness that we are sorry for whatever has caused that person to need help and acknowledge the world is not meant to be that way. And we want in some small way to make it right. Which leads us to that uh, closely related topic of justice. There's a wonderful Hebrew concept of shalom. It's sometimes thought of as peace, but it's so much more than the absence of conflict or even a sense of serenity. Shalom is the world as it should be. It's what Jews wish to one another as a greeting or blessing. And I just think that's, that's so beautiful. It's a wishing them may all be right in your world. I picture it as John describes in Revelation 21 verses 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. It's been incredibly hard to watch the pictures coming from Afghanistan this week. People so desperate in fear of their lives. And what makes it harder is that it's not the only place in our world where that's happening. It's just the one on our news feeds at the moment. It feels so overwhelming. But we can act together so that our little drops in the bucket against injustice can add up to a flood. There are so many incredible organisations across the world battling for justice and speaking up for the voiceless. I think of the student-led Just Love that I know some students and ex-students are involved in. Tear Fund does incredible work. And some of our Kingdom Vineyard friends eh, work with refugees in Austria. We can and do support these organisations. But the small acts closer to home are also effective in fighting injustice. It's welcoming refugees into our communities and showing them kindness and support. It's speaking up in the face of false rumours. It's speaking out in the face of sexist, racist, or homophobic abuse. I think that passage from Matthew applies here too. I take from it that no matter how small the act, when we do the right thing in the face of injustice, it is noticed. 
Once again, we grieve that the world is not as it should be. And so we don't just wish each other shalom, as lovely as that is. We want our actions to bring it about. And last, but by no means least, the spirit activities that bring the kingdom. I know I've used a bit of a strange phrase here, spirit activities, but I couldn't think of a better one. I didn't want to say spiritual gifts, although they are part of it. And I didn't really like um, supernatural either. It makes it sound a bit spooky and otherworldly. So I plumped for spirit activities. And what I mean is the stuff the Holy Spirit gets up to that we get to be involved in. This is where, for me, bringing the kingdom gets really fun and really scary. <laughs> when we've talked about what we could do in terms of compassion and justice, those are things that you really, you just need to be a good human being to do. Although I do believe that the Holy Spirit adds weight to whatever we do. You see, the thing is, if you're a Christian, a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. And it also means that you are a capsule of the kingdom. You are a walking, talking fragment of Jesus' rule and reign. He is our king. And that is evidenced by us receiving the Holy Spirit the day we first believed and every day after. In one way, we cannot help but bring the kingdom because wherever we are, the kingdom is there. We bring it with us. We can unconsciously change an atmosphere by what we carry. But it is so much more fun to be consciously aware of what the Holy Spirit is up to and to partner with him. And that simply... Yeah, I can, it's easy to say, not so easy to do. <laughs> it simply takes learning to hear his voice and acting on those little nudges that we sometimes get, which were so beautifully illustrated by Shin's stories the other week. He shared them in the context of evangelism, but they model so well the bringing of the kingdom. The one that really struck me was the story of his co-worker, who was asking for his help. Now, as a good human being, Shin agreed to help out. But as a carrier of the kingdom, he responded to the nudge of the Holy Spirit to ask what was wrong and to pray for her and her son. And the Holy Spirit did what only he can do and healed the lady's son and brought her to faith in Jesus. And Shin got to be a part of that. That's quite a ride. And what a testimony to have, a story to share forever. I don't know about you, but I want a piece of that. The Holy Spirit is all about the kingdom. Remember that manifesto from Isaiah 61 that Jesus quoted? The Spirit of the Lord is on me to preach good news to the poor, free the captives, heal the sick, and release the oppressed. We have the same Spirit. Are you getting this? You can ask Maddie or our friend Joel from the Causeway Coast Vineyard. Their ESIM 
Encounter School of Mission starts by teaching their students what it is they carry, their identity as a son or a daughter of the king and all that means. It means we have the authority as a child of God to bring his kingdom, to bring his rule and reign manifested in the world as it should be, as shalom. That means we can pray for the sick and they'll get healed. Not all the time, unfortunately. That's the now and the not yet part. But they definitely won't if we don't pray. And responding to the Holy Spirit's nudges and stepping out and taking the risk makes it much more likely. It also means that we can pray for work situations and receive supernatural solutions. What about a care worker that's frustrated with a dementia patient? But they respond to a nudge to play a particular piece of music and for the first time that patient smiles and relaxes. What about a business owner that respo responds to a nudge to invest in a particular product or service and a number of previously unemployed people get jobs as their business expands. Or there's the teacher that prays every day for their class and spots a child who's struggling because of a home situation and can get that child the support they need. That is what we carry. And we haven't even mentioned the things that we do as Kingdom Vineyard family all the time. Every time I meet, every time we meet, we are listening to God. We're listening and practicing noticing those Holy Spirit nudges to share words and pictures and when we're praying for each other. These are not just nice things to do, although they are. They can bring God's love to each other in powerful ways. They can heal unseen wounds and invite a person into a new or deeper relationship with God. This is all kingdom business. The challenge I have is to take this practice from the relative safety of our church family to out there, <laughs> like Shin did and does. But if I truly believe in the power and the authority I carry as a child of the king to bring shalom to my family, friends, colleagues, and anyone I meet, how can I not? How about it, church family? Will you take up the challenge with me to take the kingdom and what we carry to anyone and everyone we meet? To respond to and not ignore the Holy Spirit nudges, even when responding to them is scary and might make us look foolish. This I know. We will not always get it right and we might think nothing happens, but the more we do it, the more times we will be right. The more times something will happen and then we will all have stories to tell. And 
even if we do fall flat on our faces, because we tried, God still notices. Let me pray for us. King Jesus, establish your rule and reign. Bring your true shalom, the world as it should be. Holy Spirit, teach us to hear your voice and to respond to your nudges. Thank you that your presence in us means that we carry the kingdom wherever we go. Let us partner with you in what you're doing. Show us where to go and what to do. And help us to take risks for you. Please, Lord, show each of us how much you love us and trust us as your beloved children. Lord, let your kingdom come and let it begin with me. Amen.